Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. And this is the second time I've been preaching and I am so blessed to be able to be here at the front. And last time I talked about God's love and the power of God's love towards us. And today I wanted to talk about loving others. Um, Now, I want to clarify at this point, I am not talking about romantic love, okay? I mean, could you imagine it, the welcomers this morning going, oh, look, there's there's a new person. Oh, hello, new person. I just love the fact you're here today with us. No, because that would really put a lot of you off, right? So what I'm talking about is that love, being welcoming, not judging, being forgiving. And in 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about what love does. And Paul is actually talking in that chapter about the power of love and what it can do for all of us and do for the people that we want to reach, that we want to talk to. And last week, Alex talked about Jesus hating sin. Jesus died to take away all our sins. We all know that. But we still have to love the person and hate the sin. And I think that's a really, really big differentiation Because God loves everyone. Jesus died for everyone to take away that sin, to separate them from that sin. And we are all welcome in this family here today. We are welcome amongst our brothers and sisters. Praise God. I feel welcome here. I love that. And that power of welcoming people through love is absolutely awesome. And I have been in a situation a number of times in my life where I have not felt welcome. And so I want to share with you this story today. So when I was 16 years old and I was going to college, I chose a few subjects, as you do, mathematics, physics, computing, geography. Yes, okay. For some of you, that may seem like a terrible idea. For me, I loved those subjects. It was great. So first day going in, finding the room, a bit late, trying to navigate my way around the building, okay? Walked in to the computing class, and they all looked at me. And one of them went, you're in the wrong place. Why? Why am I in the wrong place? They were just like, well, no, the, the other subjects are down the hallway. And I'm like, what? Why? Why am I being picked out like this? And I looked around the room, And it was a sea of men. I was like, I had never even thought that that would be a thing. Not, not, not a, absolutely. Shouldn't make any difference, but it was. I was not welcome in that class. I changed pretty much my name, my personality. I was Sam, I was one of the lads. Because I had to try and fit in. And then I went to university, same thing, work, same thing. And it shouldn't have made a difference. And I'm not making this about men versus women. I'm talking about 
physical appearance, people made a judgment on me. And it could be in job, social situation. Never, I've never had this in church, praise God. Centre Church is so accepting, and I just love the fact that all the people that we had up today to pray, being prayed for, such diversity. I love that. I just feel welcome here. We make snap judgments, and we can make decisions about people. It's hard. I've done it before. We can make judgments on their physical appearance. We were talking today about there's an interview. We're going to have a pastor. Ooh, there's going to be interviews. Did you know that people do make a snap judgment in the first 11 seconds of an interview? Mm, do you think that's based upon what they think, how they are? No, you are making a snap judgment about the person standing in front of you. That's really tough. We shouldn't do it. God is love. And so there are many biases out there. Gender, age being single, being married without kids. I'll come back to that one. Um, wealth, race, sexual identity, tattoos, outfit, theology, accent, religion, disability, weight, mental health, church attendance, where you sit in church. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I could tell where you were all going to sit when you came in, because I know where you all sit before. By the way, we have the exit aisle, because husband, long legs, just, just saying that. Um, just, just to be clear, this is not... Thank you very much. Um, we could, he, I could put him on the end of an aisle, but this one is the largest aisle. It's like having the exit aisle on the plane. Like, yay! Exit aisle, long legs. Um, but it's interesting, because I was saying about married no kids. I didn't feel welcome for a short while at this church. Why? Guy and I struggled to have children. Tough subject, right? Difficult. Do people really want to admit that? Do you want to be coming to the front saying, hi, I can't have children, please pray for me? It's actually a really embarrassing thing to do. It's really tough. And so... We spent quite a few years here watching as all the other mums had kids. Oh, and are you having your children? <laughs> I'm like, what do I say? I'm focusing on my career right now. Guy isn't ready. How many other excuses did I use? But in my heart of hearts, it was like, I just want children right now. But I wasn't able to at that time. And then I had Ada, and it was like, yes, rejoice, praise God, I have a baby, brought her to church, like, yes. What, you can guess what the next question was. When are you having the next one? I mean, come on. I've only just had this one. I don't want another one. I even had somebody say, God has called you to be fruitful and multiply. I'm like... Oh, God didn't actually say how many multiple. Times one is fine for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> I had a dog. Didn't have to give birth to him. I have three very happy grand dog parents. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Father doesn't like the dog. <clears throat> so, you know, welcoming in love is such an important part of what we do. And actually discerning what to say and what not to say is vital. 
It really is. Just listen to what God's saying to you. Don't ask certain questions. Sometimes it's really hard for those people going through situations to get those questions. And so Matthew 7, verses 1 to 5 says, Do not judge or you will be judged. Ouch. It's quite simple at the beginning. But just to clarify, he carries on with, For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let's take the speck out of your eye when all the time there was a plank in your own eye? You are a hypocrite. Take the first, the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Ooh, it's a bit of a harsh one. I, think, I feel like I should have apologized at the very beginning, saying, I'm bringing you a difficult word. I hope you'll all receive it well. Um, no, I kind of wanted to go into this a bit more. Planks. Now, Jesus, bear with me on this one. Jesus knew planks, right? No? Okay. Jesus' father on earth was a carpenter, okay? He spent quite a lot of time, supposedly, in his own home. So he would have known planks. He didn't choose that as like, you know, planks are quite, you know, big. Um, now, I am not a plank expert. I actually Googled it, like, how big the plank in the eye, and uh, I'm putting it into Google. Google did not give me a satisfactory answer. It kind of went back. So, I thought, as Jesus, you know, his earthly father was a carpenter, I would ask my father, because I, I, we built a few things when we were younger. I think my father would know a plank. So, Dad... How big is a plank? <laughs> right? That, oh, you weren't supposed to say that, but yeah, yeah. It, it might be planted. So uh, anyway, can I, have, can I have the plank? It's kind of, yeah. Okay, is it clean? No. Thank God with spiders. Um, plank. I, big, right? I'm just, I'm just wanting you know to understand the scale of what we're talking about in the Bible. It makes a good sound, good choice, thanks. Um, you know, and speck. Okay, let me. Let, 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 there's one. Yeah, okay. So, trying to remove this speck versus this plank. It's very simple. Do not judge, or you will be judged. And we can't. We mustn't judge people. God doesn't want us to be judgmental or angry on his behalf at the sin of other people. You mustn't judge. In Jonah 3, verses 10, I was reading Jonah this morning. I find this guy hilarious. If I get a chance to preach again, as long as I get more time and I'm not you know, thrown off. Um, Jonah 3, verses 10. When God saw what they had did, this is the city... And how they turned away from the bad things. He relented and did not bring the destruction on that he had threatened. Was Jonah happy about this? Ooh. In fact, more than that. But to Jonah, this is like the next verse, but in chapter 4, verses 1. This seemed very wrong and he became very angry. Shouldn't be angry about it. God 
God saved those people, but he was angry. And then he goes on, God goes on to teach him about the plant and the fact he took away the plant. And he said, well, you've been concerned about this plant, but you did not tend or make it grow. That's because God made us. He tends us. He looks after us. We haven't got the right to be angry about what people do and how they choose to live their life. We've got to be non-judgmental. And we're all the same. God looks at our hearts. And there's quite a few here from a medical background. Yes, yes. We all look the same on the inside, right? Generally, red blood, heart, bones, brain. Look at Julian. It's like, what have I removed lately? From <laughs> We're all the same on the inside. Same for our souls. They have the same capacity to connect with God. And Jesus died equally for everyone. He calls everyone to love. Love must be sincere. This is Romans 12, verse 9 to 10. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. And in context, this comes out of a chapter explaining what we are and what we as the body should do and how we should be living sacrifice. We should love each other despite our differences. And even at the end of times, God's word talks about our differences. Revelations 7 verse 9. After this, I looked up and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, and tongue. I love that. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. Just, I'm, I always just imagine that because we're all the same when we go to heaven and praising God. There's no differences there. Can't see them. I love the fact that we are a diverse congregation and it teaches us so much. Praise God for Ruth and Wish and other female preachers in this church because there is no way I would get up here if it was all men preaching. And again, it's not just gender. Sometimes you have to look at somebody and go, oh, I don't feel, yeah, that, I don't see the type of person that is doing that thing that I want to do, that God's calling me to do. God even talks about diversity and wealth. It's a really difficult subject, actually. You know, there's the example of the poor woman and the coin that she gave. God's saying, wow, look at what she did. Look how much she gave. And the other person's like, yeah, she just gave a small coin. Yeah, but as a percentage of her wealth, that's why God asks us to give 10% of our income. It's really, really simple and easy to work out. And as a child, when my parents gave me one pound in pocket money, I wanted to make sure there was a little extra 10p at the side so I could choose to keep it or give it to God. And I gave it to God. And now I give 10p out of every pound that I earn to God. Because it's, it's, it's really simple. God's blessed me because of it. Praise God for that. And I love the fact that God doesn't you know, give us any complicated calculations. It's just simple, straightforward, easy, and is the same for everybody. It's inclusive. 
Jesus said to be like a child. And one of the reasons is because they don't have biases. They haven't been taught those things. And I still remember seeing Ada and Nakiso one day having a little chat. They were like best friends at the back of church, you know. And then all of a sudden there was this little moment where Ada looked at her and went, you've got darker skin than me. And the kids was like, oh, yeah, you've got lighter skin than me. And that was it. I mean, if I was having that conversation with someone, I'd be like, <gasps> what am I going to say? What am I going to do? But the fact is, it's simplicity. There was no judgment between them both. I loved it. It was a beautiful moment. And Jesus was the ultimate diversity. I always think Jesus, ah. But actually... When he came along, I mean, what, what was he? He was conceived before his mother was married to Joseph, or there would have been rumors, wouldn't there? It's Galilee. I mean, it sounds like one of those small places. Oh, Jesus, not <clears throat> He was an Israelite. They were not popular. Think about a nationality that's kind of not popular. It's them, especially like football cricket there are certain nationalities so it's like i love these people all the time but now we're fighting them in a match it's like, oh, i don't like them at all <clears throat> he did not choose his earthly father's career he was supposed to be a carpenter he hung out with fishermen i mean his dad difficult the pharisees hated him the very people that should have supported him you know, he disagreed with them theologically. Oh, just imagine somebody coming to church. I disagree with that sermon. Oh, really, do you? I'm like, mm, we got to get them out. No. Um, he got angry. He threw over tables. He disagreed with people. He hung out with prostitutes, tax collectors, and who were kind of thieves, and many other people that we didn't like. He was a poor traveler and traveled by foot, and he would have been really dirty. So imagine that Jesus walking through the door today. Welcome to our church. We really love to have you here. Coming to sit at the back and be like, okay, disagreeing with our sermons, throwing over tables. It's actually really difficult to actually imagine that, to put yourself in that place. But Jesus deliberately demonstrated that diversity to show us that he, when he died on the cross, he died for all of these things, and he was the ultimate example. It's really easy to be accepting of the big things, and we've also got to be conscious of the small things. Do people feel welcome, not just in church, but in your friendship circle? in your social situations, in your family. We've got to be welcome. It's, loving people can take so much more digging. It can be really hard. Sometimes you've got somebody who you like, oh, put them on your heart, and you're like, oh, I, don't, I don't want to be friends with that person. I don't want to. But actually God called us to love them. Jesus died on that cross next to two criminals. He died for them too. And he demonstrated the perfect example. One said, yes, 
I'll follow you. And the other one said, no. Jesus loved them both as equally, but their choice at that time was what made the difference. And in John 15, verse 12, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. It's a difficult one. Really difficult. Tom, if you want to. So in closing, being welcome applies to all of you too. You need to allow yourself to feel welcome here and in God's presence. If you've said sorry for your sins and you've been forgiven, you are absolutely welcome. And you're welcome despite that. Don't think of yourself as not welcome. You are. You are loved. God loves you with the deepest love. So much so, he died on the cross for you to take away those sins so that you can be in his presence. In Song of Songs, it said, he has brought me to his banqueting table and his banner over me is love. Just imagining sitting at a table, actually sitting at somebody's dining room table is, is an ultimate way of accepting You know, you've invited them into your house. You're sitting at the table. You're serving them food. The banner over us is love. And so I feel this message of accepting his love is important for a few of you. And maybe you've given your life to God but not accepted his love because that's a really important of letting it in because he's taken away the sins. You are welcome. You are loved. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.